It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to episode three of Plus One to Listen. My name is Arthur Hannon, and today I have a very special guest or some might call him the king of crafting, and uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I really did. Today's show is extremely informative, and it's all about getting back into DMing, getting back after that break, after that hiatus. So let's get on with the show. Night is dark and the air is still And the bad guy is cold as ice Whoa, you roll concentration It was a critical throw Oh, I guess you've been blessed by the dice Now we're plus one to listen And we hear the whole plan Make your decision to take down the man how do you proceed? Oh, I'd love to know. So let's get on. Oh, the show. Oh, we are plus one to listen. Welcome to Plus One to Listen, the podcast in which you, the listeners, can learn with me, the DM, as I am a relatively new DM, and I want to learn as much as possible from the experienced DMs of the internet, of the world. Um, I guess I get the two mixed up these days. <laughs> you know, with the accessibility <laughs> to the other side of the world. Uh, talking of which, I have with me today uh, the famed, the king, DM Scotty. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Fantastic. And uh, we were just discussing before we came on then the magazine that you're releasing to your patrons. Would you like to talk about that on the show? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll do a little plug for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to give uh, something every month to my patrons who are contributing every month. And I was trying to figure out what it could be. And I thought, well, a magazine would be fun because I can put little tidbits that I may not, maybe too short for a video, but are still kind of interesting things. And I thought I could put some of these together, almost like uh, little articles of a magazine, and it'd be a vi- you know video magazine. So I'm really happy with the results. So and how I think does, people are liking? It. Sorry to interrupt. How does the video magazine work exactly? Exactly, because that sounds really intriguing. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so if you uh, support the DM's craft at Patreon uh, at the dollar minimum level, you'll get the magazine every month. Okay. And I can just send it. I'll just send you the link. And then you'll you'll be able to watch it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. I mean, I love how the magazine works. I love that it's released monthly, and also on the level of you know being a creator um, as well with Easy Painter and things. It makes me. It definitely intrigues me. It's a new approach, um, and I've read a lot about it working and not working for certain people. You know, it's working for yourself, and that's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased with it. It is, you know, um, I would like, of course, I would like to see more support, but you know, uh, maybe the magazine will help with that. So as I'm giving something every month to the people who are supporting. So, yeah. but yeah, I really want to say, I appreciate the supporters. That's nice. I mean, it's nice to give back. It's lovely to give back. So, uh, getting into the show, 
and we're going to dive in today. The topic is quite a broad topic. I thought it to be quite appropriate given, um, well, two, two main reasons. One, I personally have taken a big break, um, moving house, changing a few jobs, sorting some stuff out, and it's given me a break from role-playing and crafting. The reason I kind of don't get to craft and make so many videos and stuff is because I tend to craft as I play. Um, that was the one thing actually that kind of inspired me most about DM Scotty in the past was that I watched your videos and I was like, this is so cool that I can just be like, okay, next week we're going to a giant cave, build a giant cave. You know, like, I love this. Um, and the second reason is that you have, you have gone in, well, you've, you've experienced uh, the change of technology through paper to, to where we are now, digital that I haven't as such with role-playing. So I thought it's nice because you could have that, that side of that point of view as well. So the topic today is getting back into DMing, getting back into role-playing, getting back into crafting, but as a whole, uh, being that, you know, we are crafty DMers. Um, crafty DMers? <laughs> uh, um, I thought that it would be appropriate. So yeah, I personally have just started tinkering away. But what would be your personal advice for somebody who's taken a break? Perhaps their stuff is a bit cluttered around. Um, you know, if you say had just moved house, what would be your tactic? I think this is a great question because I find that a lot of people are in the same situation. Like either it's because they kind of get burned out and they, they stop for a while and they come back to it. Or it's just the life situation, um, you know. Uh, you know, people my age particularly have families, and you know, it's hard to um, sometimes it's hard to find that extra little bit of time. Um, role playing can be pretty time intensive activity, um, especially when you're crafting for yeah. it too. You know, that's, well, your brain... that's added on top of the prep. You know, that's part of the prep. Uh huh. Your brain can <laughs> okay. run away with you. You know, you. Oh, I'll just write this little synopsis. Do you know, that sounds really cool, so I will craft that tree that talks. And then that one, he needs a little home to live in. And, 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 and next thing you know, <laughs> I mean, this is the giant I made on for the and I put on the group. Um, and he's still on his base because I didn't finish basing him because I moved on to making the miniature version of his island. <laughs> and then I moved on to building his home. And I st- <laughs> it's, so, yeah, you can get you can get sidetracked. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, yeah, I'm a lot like you, though. I do have multiple projects going on at the same time, and I find that some people can get a little OCD and they want to do one project at a time. But I find it works better if you do multiple projects at one time. Like while one's drying, you work on something else. Um, And, you know, how I try to think of it, especially when crafting and prepping, is like don't feel you have to craft every single thing. You know what I'm saying? Don't feel you have to craft every single little book, every single little potion. You know, yeah. really worry about the big stuff first. Mm-hmm. So if you so if you have a cave layer, you know, worry about crafting that first. And down. yeah, and then you know, if there's a few stones or little pebbles <laughs> or you know whatever, you know, don't worry about that if you unless you have time for it. You know, yeah. Um, craft that major stuff first. And I think that's what people get distracted. Oh, I want to make I want to make all the doors and I want to make all the well, just make as many just make as many doors as you need for this adventure. So, say you only need three doors. Don't make twenty doors and then oh, I don't have a dungeon now. We can't play. Just move. The make doors. three doors and then yeah. you know it's just junk. You know it's just it's just craft sticks, cardboard. You know cardstock. 
uh, it's not like it's not going to be there when you go back. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think some people get hung up on that. And, um, you know, it can help to make a set that's uh, modular, like, you know, DMG does, you know, does his tiles that way. My tiles tended to be less modular. I would, I would craft them for each adventure because it was just cardboard mm -hmm. and it was easy. But I have the 2.5D next, so you can do that now, too. Um, and you can combine both of them. You know, you can combine and, and mix and match. And I do that all the time uh, it can with be, my stuff. It can be actually very beneficial to do that. Um, in it the can, sense yes. That, you know, I've I've had situations where my modular set, I needed it. Because I've got this one. I've got a what I think is quite a clever little bundle, I call it. Um, so it's the cloth with the wooden texture on it. Uh, oh, yes. pattern. Yes. And I put all my uh -huh. modular walls inside of that and I bundle it up with a hairband. So when I need my modular set, it's there like a bag of gold. And I just plunk it down, pull off the hairband and it opens and I move the walls aside. There's the floor. I put the f So it's pretty fast. And there's been times when I've been in a with a non-modular tile and then, oh, no, I need to set this room up. I don't have this room. So, yeah, it can be very helpful. Right, right. In regards to making all these tiles and in regards to kind of the approach to GMing and getting back into it, like, you know, you can really only really reference your personal experience. And for myself, um, when I moved into this new place, I got a lot more storage and it meant two things. It meant my room was a lot tidier, but it also meant that all my crafting <laughs> stuff was hidden away. Um, right, right, right. And what would be your what would be your tips for? store or your your key tip for storing those multitudes of tiles because i've heard you mention those big plastic boxes before because they're nice and sturdy. Uh -huh. yeah and i do talk about those actually in my first episode of the uh of crafters lair but uh, i tend to use the flat wide boxes uh because you can put those under beds also mm -hmm. so and what i like to uh, what i, I like storage is a lifesaver <laughs> Yeah, and what I like about it is you can throw the whole adventure in one box. I mean, granted, it's all kind of willy-nilly in there. It's not, you know, there's not compartments. But you have everything you need right in that box or two boxes, exactly. you know, depending on what you're doing. And so that's pretty cool. You know, you can um, you could just tote that to where you're, you know, to your game and, you know, or pull it out, you know, and then you're ready to go. So that's why I tend to do throw everything for one adventure in one box. See, that's a fantastic tip. When I do my storage i use something very similar uh like a similar to the flat like layout i found this box and if anybody's listening who has recently bought a kind of keyboard and mouse set or um a really flat screen or something like this they often come in these funky boxes with like the fold tabs that lock in and like they have like a handle that goes through the top um they can be so fantastic so if you're around like a PC, I mean, I'm not sure what it is in America, but a PC world or a uh, Curry's or something in Britain. And, you know, you think to ask, I'm sure they've got tons of them. I'm sure they've got oh, tons yeah. of them out back. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're fantastic. So getting back into GMing, oh, DMing, GMing can obviously be quite intimidating in many ways. Uh, you know, you've got the aspect of crafting if you are a crafter. Um, and obviously, I mean, that can be, uh, I can be quite intimidating sometimes when you're thinking about crafting and you're you're not even approaching the adventure yet really i mean i've written very little my adventure and yet i've crafted quite a lot and i think it puts an odd uh it's like a it's like metagaming 
it's like you know more than you should before you know it or something. I can't really explain it. That's the best way to put it, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> it's like metagaming, like you create the world and you build it and stuff. And then you're like, yeah, but who lives in that house? Like I've made this, you know. Um, so what would be your advice for approaching the adventure for the first time if you haven't written one in a while? Um, what would be your advice for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I do use a lot of pre-written adventures, and they're everywhere. You mm-hmm. can get them uh, cheap, you know, on RPG drive through and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm never satisfied with the adventure. Like, I have never, ever bought an adventure that I'm like, oh, this is brilliant, <laughs> and played from start to finish everything in the adventure because I, I'm never satisfied with the adventure. But it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if the adventure has a neat idea that you like... Um, I feel that um, most adventures where they fail is that they don't give a, enough connectivity in the venture. It just seems like a bunch of random things happening in the adventure, yeah. and the, yeah. the players are experiencing that. I try to make it more connected, like things in the adventure more connected that aren't connected in the written adventure. Okay. Um, I think that makes uh, for a really nice adventure. If you're approaching, uh, if you're approaching writing an adventure yourself. Um, you know, as you get experience, I don't use those charts where you, you know, oh, this CR and that CR, you know, for, you know, Pathfinder or what a D&D or whatever. I don't, oh, this is too strong. You know, um, again, it can be overwhelming. The players will find a way. If, if you stat it, they'll kill it or they'll yes. get away from it or they'll do something. So um, there was that thing on the Facebook the other day that said, uh, sometimes you can fight sometimes what was it sometimes you can fight sometimes you can scream or something like that but sometimes the dragon will just win or something like that <laughs> right. it's true you know or you can run away sometimes you can fight sometimes you can run away something like that yeah right so what i'm what i'm trying to say is don't obsess over crs and this yeah. kind of thing i mean obviously you don't want to put a tarask in the, their first adventure but you know have a bunch of goblins you know have 20 goblins and have them try to figure out what they're going to do. You know, they may have to, they may have to, you know, bargain with them. They may have to do something, you know, they, they're like, no way we can fight these or they may come up with a clever plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't be afraid, you know, don't, Oh, don't obsess over CR. I never obsess over that. I don't even use that stuff. I don't use CR. I don't, I just put in what I feel. Cause there's an argument as well to say that if, I mean, like you've done any GMing before, um, and you're coming back to it. The CR stuff isn't so important because you'll just know, you know, like, okay, they're level so-and-so, it's a so-and-so size pit, and they've got to jump this far. Okay, it's going to be that. And in my head, I know that it's going to be that. It's going to be harder for that guy because he's shorter. So, you know, you, this stuff is what you're, that's what you're doing anyway when you're GMing. It's like, it's kind of right. like me saying, um, and, it, and I do, this is ironic because I do worry about this. It's like me worrying about not knowing the lyrics to my songs when I busk. Um, even though, first of all, Scotty, I have a folder um, with my music. I don't really look at it. It's more there as security. But right, but I like I still that. worry, and then worry makes me actually forget, and then worrying about it makes me forget them. So yeah, you're right. right. You're probably you're wasting your time worrying. Um, also, you know, if you've done any before, you you it's it's going to be an instinct that you know. I mean, if you want to be a GM, you know, it's going to be something you have. Um, right. At the end of the right. day. Yeah. Don't obsess over CR and, and monsters. Just put what feels right. Um, mm-hmm. When you're creating the adventure, think about a neat hook or several hook, you know, some neat hook that the, with the players would get the players interested in it. And, you know, when I write an adventure, I tend to like do kind of like large, uh, like uh, kind of components of the adventure, and then I'll connect it okay. 
or not even connected. Like so, so there's this encounter, and then there's this, and then there's this. Of course, that may change depending on what the players do, but that yeah. gives you a starting <laughs> starting place to start, and then you can connect those somehow. And the players may decide how they can. Oh, we're going to go in the sewer first, or whatever, you know. So, mm-hmm. so really, just kind of have the large chunks. It's. I think it's more important to have an idea of how um, the how the chunks will interact as opposed to you know a, you know follow A to B to you know like railroading kind of thing. The kind yeah, so more of an understanding of consequence than like just right, right, uh, right. than an objective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the, like there might be this boss here, and you know depending on which way you approach it, it may be a different fight. But yeah, you're 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 probably going to end up at the Someone that does I mean, you that. You may fantastic. not, but you're probably going. Sorry, go on. <laughs> so, yeah, I always try. I always try to give several ways that they can go. Like, I don't like dungeons that are just much straight one shot. You know, mm-hmm. to okay. You know, there's some rooms twisting around, but essentially you're going one way. Yeah. I always try to give them at least several ways they can go. So, uh, and as a crafter, that can be frustrating because. <laughs> You go full they may not. You may have made this cool thing, and they may not go. But don't worry about it. Use it next time. Use it in some other. That's what's great about this stuff. You could just store it uh-huh. if they if there's some cool encounter you had or something you set up, and they just bypass it. Don't try to force them to do it just because you made a cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let them do what they want to, and if they like, I say if they skip it, just use it next time or use it in something else. Yeah. So. Okay, doke. So the next mm-hmm. question then was. When you approach an adventure, does the selfish DM in you ever get? Does he? How does he come out? And when he does, how does he come out? Did do you approach it ever like? Let's take the ship crashing on the island, for instance. Do you approach that like? Oh, I, I, it, it would be most cinematic if it happened in this way. It would be most dramatic if it happened in this way. How can I encourage that to happen? I mean, do you ever? And if you do, how do you kind of? How to right, do right. Doing that, uh, you you can um, uh, you can do certain manipulations on the players. You know, yeah. Uh, once you, especially once you start knowing your players, you know, you can yeah. you can uh, you know give them little tidbits or throw them bones to try to get them to go uh, the way you want or to do things. But I I actually find it more fun when they don't. Uh-huh. When they when they do something I don't expect and I have to react to it. Uh, I don't fight that. I just go with the flow. Um, yeah, I go with the flow. If it if it uh, if it breaks the rules, I don't care. You know, some games are more lenient with rules. Pathfinder is kind of obsessive with rules, where others are like Dungeon World is almost all narrative. I didn't get that impression from Pathfinder, but I haven't read it. I just that's just from the branding. I didn't get the impression it was quite intense. Well, I do like Pathfinder, but one thing about Pathfinder is every little thing is has some rule for it. You know, if you okay. grapple somebody, there's a rule for it. If you, you know, and and some GMs get obsessed about that and they won't let you do anything that's mm. not in the rule kind of thing. Where I prefer when players come up with some cool idea and yeah. we can just make up our own GM rule or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's it, it's 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 definitely a give and take, and you really, as you get better at GMing. You become less of a program computer and you're like, okay, you're in this room and you see this and then you go to this room, you know, because that's a video game. Yeah. You know, you're, you're basically playing a video game if you do that. But if you start picking up things from the players and add it. So if the players have a cool idea and they think something's going on that's not going on in the adventure, <laughs> they get going on. 
because they don't uh, know. You know, they won't know that that wasn't already going uh-huh. on. So they're like, oh, I figured this out. This is blah blah blah, and this is going on. And 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 if they come up with something cooler than you had, go with that. And they will never know that you came up with that like right then. So always take stuff from the what they're saying. Take stuff uh, from the adventurers. Uh, what they think's going on, uh, interesting plans or things I want to do. All, almost always let them do try something um, because it can just, you know, that's the stuff people talk about. Oh, yeah. They don't say, oh, we killed this 200 hit point dragon. Yeah. You know, they say, they talk about, oh, the dragon, you know, he mocked us, you know, <laughs> as he was, you know, as he was throwing our, you know, grabbed our fighter and threw him across the room. And, you know, he was, he was, you know, uh, uh, you know, the dragon had some quirk, you know, or, or whatever. They, yeah. they remember that stuff. Yeah. They don't remember, oh, we had a 200, we, had, we killed a 200 hit point dragon. Yeah. They don't remember that stuff. My players remember just the little, that little fun stuff that you add. So yeah. really, you know, think of monsters more as they want, there's somebody, there's something that wants something. Um, everybody wants something. Okay. That's a really good whether whether with a dragon wants to want your gold and wants to be left alone, or wants to feel superior, mm-hmm. or whatever, everybody wants something. So always think about what what they want when you're dealing with, you know, with who has the power in the situation or who's, um, you know, interacting with who. Mm-hmm. So you know, those those are some of my DM tips about. And you were talking about the the how I visualize the adventure as kind of a web, and that yeah. is actually kind of a web. I don't think oh going from room one to two to three, I don't think of it as a linear track. I think of it as a web, mm-hmm. and I throw that that stuff is stuck in the web, and they may go around that stuff. They may go around you know, some of the stuff in the web. I apologize to interrupt, but I I just get these little spurts of inspiration when I do this show, and this is why I wanted to come back to the show. I'm so glad to be back doing this show. It's it's so nice to fill the time with it, and I do think it's a gap in um in the community you know something for us to listen to um the, you just give me this great idea scotty right um you take <laughs> well any really d6 10 8 12 20 whatever sided dice and you take your spider web of encounters um and my island my new island is the perfect example so you've got my island so on my island yes. there is an island an open area like that exactly. is a great way to do that it's big but it's contained so it's it's ironically contained you know that's what's so funny about a large island um right right so in mine i've got the boat crash i've got the giant and i have so this is so far i have the aborigines um and uh the volcano is due to erupt so those are the four things i have so far now i take a d4 and just at the beginning of the game to take off the panic from me as well as, as sean connor says in episode one he uses this great expression take the monkeys off your back before you game take the monkeys off your back and i think the ultimate way to do this is to grab your dice give it a roll look at your list and go six okay that's the vol. okay how do I start the game with the volcano erupting and just start that way? Because in a way it gives you that like, Oh God, even I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what happens. Right, right, when right, that, right. Exactly. So I know what happens when that happens, but I don't know when it's going to happen. So I start playing. I mean, obviously with some games like mine, they're going to have to crash on the Island before a lot of it happens, but that's fine. They crash on the Island and then I roll the dice. Maybe the Aborigines come running onto the beach. Maybe the volcano erupts as they crash. That would be, that would be hell um, for me and for them. But that's what would make it so funny. And also that beautiful moment when the players see your face sink and it becomes a thing before the game where they're like, what does he roll for before the game? It either makes him really excited or it makes him really, really like 
stressed, you know? Um, uh-huh. I think that could be a cool little idea. I'm definitely going to write that one down. That's right. Idea yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to do it. That's a great way to do it, especially for an open environment like that. With my Farland Isle, I did a similar thing. I just I had them wreck. You know, they're on this ship, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, there's too many people on it and too much cargo and the, the sea's getting really bad, you know, and I built it up and the sea's getting really bad and the ship is really going to be really bad noises. And, um, you know, of course, they, I just had them all live. You know, they, they yeah. wash up on the beach. and um, I didn't roll for that or anything. But, uh, yeah, just a fun buildup of, like, oh, no, you know, this is not going to end well, you know. And, uh, so, yeah, they, they ended up on Farland Island. It was a very similar thing, yeah. I love it. I mean, Farland Isle was my main inspiration, so. <laughs> oh cool great definitely without a shadow of a doubt uh, i mean mainly the boat crash as well i'll be building a lot of boats um and um even this little guy i don't know what i'm gonna do with this guy but i've got like a i've got like a game in the works or something like a miniature pirates of the spanish main kind of thing but yeah oh nice um the thing with the crafting with me is i just get small, smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> like i can't help it um especially like i've got a small glue gun so yeah i can do a lot of little things <laughs> So one of the nice things you said just then uh, is that uh, about the about getting into it. I mean, the launch dice and with the with the shipwreck shipwreck is a great scenario. It's a it's a complex for them and a very easy scenario for you. Um, you know, it's it's like there's red flags stuck on all the important things for you with a shipwreck. You can't forget that they've got no water or their possessions are in the sea and all of these things. So that brings us back to the launching into the adventure. That brings us back to getting into DMing, getting into it again after a hiatus. What kind of adventure then, written or self-written, whatever the real word for that would be, um, do you recommend for somebody getting back into DMing? Would you say go for, uh, you know, save the heroine? Would you say go for protect the village is there a particular adventure the easy meet in the tavern kind of thing that you'd recommend um what would you say uh there's nothing wrong with meeting the tavern that's a fun way to start oh i love me um, by the way <laughs> <laughs> that's a trope you have to do the meet in the tavern um yeah yeah getting back into it you know um yeah, like i said it can really help to use a written adventure um I, I, some people, what they'll do is they'll sit down and try to make an entire world, their own world, mm-hmm. before they start adventuring. You may never play because that is a huge monumental task. So why not just start in this little village, you know, Arthurville. So start <laughs> in Arthurville. Um, <laughs> I do have- and then build the world from there, you know. Yeah. Um, these guys are probably local heroes or whatever, or they, they may not be, but um, – they haven't seen probably a huge amount of the world yet. I mean, you know, you don't have to have the whole world ready as you go because you can get, as the players mention stuff, I mean, have the, encourage the players to make up stuff for the world too. So, you know, if they say their tribe was, you know, you know, mastodon hunters or whatever, you know, make that part of the world. If this bard belongs to the golden, the the order of the golden cockatrice, you know, (laughs) make that part of the world, you know, maybe make it like a shadowy thing, you know, um, Take stuff the players say and add it to the world. So don't worry. That's a big thing. Don't worry about making a whole world. Just make Arthurville. Just make the little village yeah. and start from there. And as they move out and learn about other things, you can drop hints or mm-hmm. you know they can start exploring. Yeah, so, so start there. Don't obsess over that. Um, interestingly, another little piece. Just to quickly say, interestingly, I had a player who wanted to be uh, – he, he was a serpent man. And he wanted to be – like he wanted to play him very – 
typical, stereotypical, kind of slovenly and sly. Um, and I was like, that's cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and then he wanted to be from the Assassin's Guild of the Night and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, this is cool stuff. What was interesting was he then started to play the character, for lack of a better term, as um, a bit of a beep head. And he kind of made it so that it was really hard for me to interact with him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, oh, you're right there, stranger. How about a drink? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> and I'd... <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man. Um, and, then, and, then, and then I'd start to do... What happened was I started doing stuff like... Um, the bartender slams the drink down in front of you anyway and it gets all your papers wet. And he'd be like... And he'd be like, why did you do that? And I'd be like, why did you do that? And then it kind of got <laughs> silly, you know, like, right, um, right. but I mean, like it was, it was the whole table atmosphere was relatively immature. So that was okay. But, but the thing was like, I decided to use it. So I was like, okay, so let's Assassin's Night Guild. Okay, let's use it. So I was like, okay, let's make the Assassin's Night Guild um, despised. Let's make them despised. And therefore, if they are despised, everybody will act very strange towards him. Um, so I say, have you got any like emblem or anything on your uniform? And he tells me, and as soon as he tells me and describes it, I just basically reference that a lot. Um, oh, right, you know, right, I right. mean, and obviously to the new DMs listening, this is a, this is a handy tip, you know, so he referenced this emblem. It was a moon emblem on his, on his shirt. Um, and every time then he went into a shop or something, I was, I said, you know, uh, you know, Thogar would turn around and as soon as he saw the moon emblem, he'd, he'd kind of take, take a sideways glance and look back, you know, um, and, very quickly he was like i take off my emblem and i was like okay and in a very strange way i dm'd my way around the problem he became more polite and one of the players sat him down in in game and was like as a in character was like you've got to be more polite people are you're killing us you're killing the group um and and the character was like fine and then um and it was it was great it was so great um but yeah sorry i interrupted you do you remember your? No, that's that that is great. I mean, the the players work that through as the player characters. I think mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And then we had our little moment, you know, we had our moment, and then I went right. I've got to be mature, and I sorted it out. So you know, um, that's nice. But also, there's there's a moral to that tale as well, in the sense that you know, I panicked, and I did, and I panicked, and I was a bit silly, and then, and I, and if I just not panicked, I would have realized that it it, it would have played itself out. It always does. So. Yeah, that's a good that the panic thing is a good point. I mean, I think every. Every DM has some point where they're like a deer in the, a deer in the headlights. Like I'm just the players do something, or it's not going, you know, it's not going well, or something, you know, and you're just like, oh, geez, you know, and um, you know what? Take a break. Mm. Step away from the table. If you, if you're, if you're stuck, um, you don't want your players sitting there looking at you. <laughs> you don't want, you don't want that. You don't want your players. But if, I mean, there are times you might get stuck. And if you don't get stuck, or if you do get stuck, take a break. Say, oh, okay, we're gonna have a snack break, you know. So everybody yeah. gets a snack, you know. And then uh, you'll find that you're you'll, you'll find that you've thought the problem through while you're eating the snack, mm-hmm. and you'll come up with a solution. It'll give you time to not be the deer in the headlights. It'll give you time uh, to think of a solution, and you get a cool snack. You get a great snack. So <laughs> even briefly, scientifically speaking, you got a bit of sugar. You've got all sorts of nice nutrients and things and different foods. Exactly. So like, exactly. I I I. I am a sweet binge eater in the nighttime and it's a bad habit. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad habit. But I, um, but in the daytime, sometimes I'll be like typing away and I'll be like, God, I can't think, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. And I'll like stop, I'll have some cookies and milk and then I'll go back to it and I'm, and I'm just so much more inspired and it's simply. Right, inspired. right. So, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I find we have, we have a lot of food at our games <laughs> <laughs> and which the people who play are very generous. They bring, they bring a lot of stuff. That's good to hear. But what I find is that I don't really eat that much because I'm too busy. I'm, I'm busy worried about what's going on. You know, I've got everything going on. So I don't, you know, I don't eat unless I take almost take a snack break. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to like, let's pause down for a sec and take a snack break mm-hmm. or call a snack break. Um, you know, and then you can think about it. Or if you're just hungry and want a snack, you know, you can have it. So, um, you know, people can check their phone or do whatever, you know, what about uh, have a bio pizza? break or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, that, that's a good kind of yeah. out if you're stuck, you know. What about incorporating food actually into the role play? Uh, that's, I never <laughs> thought of that, but that's quite funny, isn't it? It, it is pretty funny. Um, I will, you know, pantomime and stuff, but I've never, I've never <laughs> actually incorporated food. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you're not going to have enough to talk about, are you? Yeah, that's, right. that's one problem with getting deep into character is you get deep into character and they ask you something and you don't know how, you don't have an answer. Like I played a character, I was a blacksmith once and um, the wife was pottering around in the background and I hadn't really given her a character. And so she's pottering around and they're asking me all these questions and I got really deep. I got deep into this story. And then they asked me this question about my wife, just poof, out the blue. And I was just like, <laughs> her name's more, more Myra. My rat. my rat. And then like, I was like, no, why did I call her over? Why did I call her over? That was a stupid car. So yeah, be prepared. That's a good tip for getting back into DMing. Whatever you do. Getting back, have, have a names list ready yeah. because they will ask you names and you'll be like, um, and your blind will go blank. <laughs> so have a little names list ready. <laughs> brings me on to a really important point um, and kind of appropriate. We're getting towards the end. Um, it brings me to the point and it was something I bought at the, I mentioned at the beginning, so it's kind of handy. It kind of bookends the episode. Um, I mentioned before that uh, as a DM, you've witnessed kind of the paper to digital movement um, in many ways. You're a fan of Sirenscape, I'm aware, and that's something that. Oh yeah. Um, little shout out for Sirenscape there, sponsor me. And that is a fantastic program that allows you to. I use it all the time. Um, I use it all the time. It's great. Music your yeah. games simply. Boom, 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 and then people. In the background, it's great. Um, yeah, it makes it me want to just go like, it makes me want to be like, do you want to roleplay today? Okay, you're fighting some gnolls. Fight. Like, just it makes you just want to have a <laughs> like a game. Time. Um, <laughs> roll some dice, roll. Um, so, I mean, having witnessed that, um, do you do you feel that it is something that is beneficial to uh, the DM? I mean, when I got into DMing first, I was download the so the, the game I use still, and the first game I ever read is Microlight Twenty. It is a fantastic light system. It's being redrafted by the readers and gamers of Microlight Twenty at the moment, so I'll probably be involved in that. Um, I downloaded that off the internet and printed it off. Uh-huh. Little pocket book. They're fantastic. Um, fit in a little cigarette box or whatever i think that was the tutorial it was like use a cigarette box but don't smoke cigarettes like (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um 
and I was, you know, I was, I was overwhelmed by the plethora of information to the extent that I, I didn't really get around to role playing for a long, long time. Do you think that getting back into it, the best way to do it is to pick up a book or to go on the internet? Hmm. You mean go on the internet for like advice? Um. Or... Let's say you haven't role played in a while, and like myself, you want you, you're pretty much pretty sure you want to use the same system. Or let's do two scenarios. One, you're pretty sure you want to use the same system, and mm-hmm. two. You're not so sure, but you know you're just as willing to go to the comic shop as you are to look on the internet to have a flick to right. some things. But yeah, right, right. What would you be personally? Uh, what's your your flavor? What's your taste on that one? Um, I think both are good. I mean, there's great information online you could never find at a, at a shop. Mm. Um, but you know, we always like to support our shop in our local shops. Yeah. Um, yeah. Support, support your local people. Um, yeah, I always like to support local shops, so I, I do shop a lot locally. But, you know, there's just information like articles and that kind of thing that the Internet is just a gold mine for, you ah. know, especially for R- for RPGing ideas, for how to do yeah, stuff, so you know, how to do things, for lists. Yeah. yeah, lists of certain things like yeah. just items in a room. You know, I mean, um, and it can be a bit overwhelming too. So uh, definitely remember that when you're playing um, – you don't need to have every single piece of information in front of you at all times. It's like the players are concentrating on one thing at a time. So, you know, it, it can be nice to have a GM binder that has, you know, say names and maybe some weird objects and, you know, other stuff, you know, lists you maybe you could roll on. But in general, you know, don't worry about, oh, God, I got to remember, you know, you know, how many different kinds of potions and all, you know, all this and, and these magic items. Yeah. You know, don't obsess over that um, because they're just concentrating on one thing at a time and you should probably should too i mean they know you're human at the end of the day right 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 you're not a supercomputer you can't have everything at your fingertips so Um, but what you can do what you can do that a computer can't do is you can react to what they do you know you go to a video game and it won't let you do something (laughs) you know that never happens at the table yeah well i shouldn't it shouldn't happen at the table um never say no almost never say no and if and if there is a reason, if, if there is a no, it's like, um, okay, well, here's an alternative. Yes. Or if you're willing to accept this, then you can do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Nice. And you don't have to tell, you can show. Well, Dion Scotty, it's been fantastic. Thank you again for making the time. Would you like to... I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. It is so lovely. And it, I mean, it is... It's great for the show to have yourself on for episode three. And it is great. You know, it's great for the community. People can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there's people on our group, uh, your group, sorry, <laughs> who uh, are in a similar boat to myself and are kind of stuck um, and would love to just think, OK, right. You know, I didn't even think to just stop and take a breath. It sounds so simple, um, but some people, they, they go in, they get their stuff out, they sit down, they're ready to go, they're gaming. And, and, you know, lots of people won't just stop and go like, okay, let's, right. How's everyone today? You know, this kind of simple stuff. So, uh, fantastic. Thank you again. Would you like to plug the channel? Oh, so welcome. Plug your- uh, make sure you check out, if you don't know about the DM's craft, make sure you check the DM's craft. Uh, I've been doing it for years now. Uh, I just started out. I said, okay, let's. I had an idea of making 2.5D tiles, which you understand if you see the channel. 
And uh, I just went with it, and bam, it caught fire. People were just, you know, I have it people fire. similar type videos, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good with cardboard, is it? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, people doing similar videos and that kind of thing, and just all different types of ways to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, check me out if you're if you're you know if you're just using graph paper and you know and maybe theater of the mind and you want to do some more like actual dungeons, but you don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on model plastic models and you know. Uh, Dwarven Forge and all this kind of stuff. You can make your own very cheaply. So, yeah, check out the DM's Craft. Check out the nuclear cardboard explosion that it's <laughs> craft. Oh, and I want to say I want to say one last thing about coming back to the game. I was in a similar situation. I hadn't I hadn't role played for years, um, and I had some friends at work, and they were like, you know what, D and D was really fun. We should get back into it. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Let's do that. And so I got nominated the DM. And that's when I came up with the whole DM's Craft 2.5D stuff. Um, but yeah, I was in a similar situation. I hadn't, I haven't role played my entire life. You know, I did when I was younger. Um, yeah, and that's but I mean. uh, there was, you know, a good chunk there that uh, probably 20 years that I hadn't role played. Yeah. So. I mean, that's what I meant before in regards to watching the technology is that you know you would have role played as a child, a teenager, and then as an adult. You know, I'm, I feel like I've just, I feel like I'm on the cusp of this giant world. Um, and I just, right. I want to dive in, but like part of me is like, should I go and read all that stuff or should I just deal with what's coming next? Cause like, there's going to be so much, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I'm right. like, everyone's like, Oh, second edition. What is it even called? Dungeon. I don't even, what? No, I just, there's so much to come. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, uh, it's a big world. So thank you for joining sure me. Is. Thank you for helping me, oh, uh, glad to be here. get through it. And, uh, Next week, we're going to have another special host, ladies and gentlemen. I'll put an announcement on the blog soon. And I look forward to uh, speaking to everybody again. Thank you for joining Take care, everybody. And uh, one last thing that you might want to say there. And uh, do you have a, a tagline? There? Yes, I do. It's a, it's a little thing that I like to say. Go forth and craft. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.